You are who you want to be. This is an episode about avatars and our relationships with them. Welcome to the first episode of Skies of Academia, a podcast about critical analysis of games, their systems, and their social and cultural influence. I am your host, Dustin, and I promise this won't be nearly as stuffy as that first sentence made it seem. Uh, Joining me today is Jules. Hi there. And Melissa. Hello. All right, so this uh, is a brand new podcast for Audio Entropy, and it spun off of an idea I had from my previous, now probably on permanent hiatus, podcast games witticism, uh, where <laughs> I did like again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We can <laughs> probably not. Well, we're doing um, something new right now. Yeah, exactly. We're doing something new. Uh, but yeah, I had an idea for that. Uh, as, I had an idea for that podcast called Critical Hits, where we would do something very similar to this, uh, and I figured I'd just make that its own podcast for Audio Entropy, because I hadn't... I'd been a lot of... I'd been a guest on a lot of Audio Entropy podcasts, but I had had yet to have my own. So... At least on the network. Having my own. Yeah, on the, on, on the network, anyway. Uh, because I have not yet tainted audio entropy with the scourge of my anime podcast oh i i've already tainted the scourge of audio entropy with uh you know anime in general so don't worry <laughs> i'll, I'll speak anyway. up work don't worry it's all good <laughs> so for this episode we are going to be focusing on avatars uh specifically um player created avatars uh such as you'd find in games like mass effect or skyrim uh and what they mean to us and like what we use them for um so what do we use avatars for and not just like in a general sense but in a personal sense what do you use avatars for oh geez that's a big question already (laughs) i know the first thing i do when i have an avatar i mean let's let's go back to the very beginning of getting an avatar is that you work on the face. You work on the body in some games. And I am so incredibly picky about how my character looks. Like, I have to get it just right. I will do, like, a dozen different attempts trying to get it just right until I finally feel satisfied. It's it's, yeah, I'm... Yeah, because... I, I used to be like that, um, where I'd obsess over every little detail... But these days, I focus on, like, a few specific areas I care about. And then stuff like jawline, nose, <laughs> like, the general mouth area. I'm like, yeah, the, whatever I pick for the template is good enough. For me... It looks fine. It's really become very important, like, hair options have become very important to me. Yeah, that's actually something I was going to bring out, uh, bring up uh, later, but it we're segueing into it 
really well now. Well, I mean, like, like you were just asking, like, what we use the avatar, what we use avatars for in general, and just like, yeah, I can't even nail down specific games anymore because character creation is like so important these days. Yes. Yeah. Like one in of everything. definitely one of the definitely one of the most important things to me in a character creator is the hair options. I'm not sure why. I just really like hair, uh, which actually makes Mass Effect's generators like some of the most disappointing to me. It makes oh, a lot God. of them disappointing. Like, I don't think I've found the hair I exactly want, except for maybe one or two styles in maybe The Sims 4. Yeah. Unless you go but... with, like, a community-made mod pack... It's not the fact that it's even, like, oh, badly rendered hair. It's the fact that you just see game designers don't understand, like, hairstyles. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, just no one ever has, like, the Riku hairstyle. So it's <laughs> like, well, what's the closest thing I can get? Even even FF14 doesn't have it. <laughs> like, I'll actually say, Destiny has really good hair options. Yeah, which is weird for a game where you spend, like, 90% of your time wearing a helmet. And, yeah. like, you can't even hide the helmet. Oh, that's frustrating. No, you can hide the helmet in social spaces. Oh, yeah, in social spaces you can. But, like, most of that game is... Well, I guess I shouldn't say, like... The primary the primary function but... of that game is first-person shooting. So you never yeah, see your like, character except for the yeah. hands. I'm sure there are plenty of people... Person. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who spend a lot of time in social spaces in Destiny, but yep, I think me. for the most part, <laughs> that game is very shooty-shooty-bang-bang. Bang. Yeah, I was going to say that I don't spend that much time with hair, but I recently started playing ESO, and I spent a bit of time making sure Maragonian had the right feather pattern and the right color. So... <laughs> it is interesting to me how I generally find the options for like non-standard races far better than like yep. for humans mm -hmm. like Argon argonians is a very good example for that uh for that um where the options for like argonian feathers and head crests and stuff like are all really cool uh similarly i really like the tulek options in uh the old republic i actually really like the amount of options they give you for the non-standard like races in WoW of all things, like that's still actually pretty solid. The selection you get of horns for Tauren, tusks for trolls, like even just different hairstyles for non-human races are better. Yeah, I I kind of wonder why that is. It's almost like going with a more human character. <sighs> It's almost like the artists like artificially limit themselves. It's like, okay, well, we can't get too crazy, but like, I think once you start making a cow man, it's like, look, all <laughs> the horns, all the horns. Well, I think that's the case with <laughs> fantasy games where you create a character because, like, most Western developers keep limiting themselves to simply, like, standard ideals of, um, like human fashion and looks in regards to like medieval times or renaissance times with yeah. humans at least like that's it <laughs> anything else is like yeah fuck it go buck wild why not but yeah like hair is super important to me and one of the first things i always do 
when I play a Bethesda game is to download whatever hair mod pack people have created because it's inevitable that people will have like a 30 additional hairstyles like within two days of release. Although it's Get pretty funny when those, when those hairstyles are like super high res texture packs <laughs> and then you just slap it onto a Bethesda model, which is just a clay yeah. doll in comparison. Yep. Yeah, it looks super awkward. It's... And like, there's at least like five different anime hairstyles. It's like, I'm a Super Saiyan. It's like when you see wigs on sale online on like the blank mannequin busts. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's what a Bethesda custom hair pack looks like to me all the time. Well, that's why you get your uh, custom companion mods too. Put right, hair that's on. why you get clean faces. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Gosh. Clean faces. <laughs> that hurt. Like high high res high res skin packs mm-hmm. uh, that also change the female meshes to have H cup breasts. I'll actually say, it was really like it's both liberating but also kind of annoying that I had to do this in the first place because I recently took a dive back into The Sims Four, and I couldn't from just the basic character creator. Like, without spending literal hours, I couldn't just make how I look as a regular Chinese person. (laughs) That seems to be a problem of Western games in general. Yeah, and it was either the case of like, oh, you know, I can use this base model and then try? But again, I would have to go into such extreme measures of detail to figure it out, but community packs helped me out with that pretty well and gave me like, hey, this looks like a standard Sims cartoony Asian person. Great. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've been thinking of this because I've been watching a sizable playthrough of Yakuza 0, and mm-hmm. at one point they make a, there's an analog to Steven Spielberg you run into. Oh god. And oh. the yeah. face looks so weird. All I can think of is like, <laughs> man, this is like revenge for years of Western developers screwing yeah. up on <laughs> East Asian faces. I remember tweeting that out because it was just so stark a contrast. Because like, normally in Yakuza 0, the faces are really good. Like, there's some very good middle-aged Japanese man faces. Well, I think part of that is that uh, the Yakuza games. series like models a lot of their faces on their voice actors, but I guess they mm-hmm. didn't for that guy because <laughs> yeah. they wanted to create a fictional character. Yeah, and like the uh, then the like the one American dude is just like this horrifying monstrosity <laughs> that like feels like he's constantly gazing into the middle distance. Yep. Regardless of, <laughs> I think that's the only like, white uh... guy in the entire game. I I'll have to think about that a little more, but I'm pretty sure. Well, which, which is there, fine. I think there's a second one that I just recently met. But yeah, like there are basically zero white people in the game, which I, is not me complaining. Yeah, yeah that also but makes yeah. sense for the time period of it being late 80s Japan before like the Western tourism boom happened there as much. Yeah, there would not there would not be a lot of white people there. No. <laughs> I, I also say if we're talking about like really important stuff, just going back to like just trying to find a general base Chinese model for me to go off of in a lot of character creators for avatars, it's really hard finding my skin tone. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can believe I'm, it. I'm not, I won't say I have like nearly as hard a time as like any other people of other ethnicities, but man, it's weird because 
to find like to find an Asian skin tone in most character creators they kind of just go yellow like yeah like they they still can't get over that and yeah I know our skin is different colored from white people's but I'm I, I frankly just have like a tan skin color <laughs> I, that's actually it. something I was thinking about like just yesterday because I was I was like getting sort of i was thinking about the mass effect andromeda release and i was realizing like across every bioware game i've played and i believe i've played every single one of them Mm -hmm. i've never made a non-white character i was like i should just do like the opposite of that for andromeda and just never make a white character it's a good habit to get into and and that and that made me think like i wonder because like generally speaking um Avatar creation is fairly good about like the like the black characters you're able to make generally seem pretty good, but like I, I hardly ever see anyone playing Asian characters, and it's like how so good are the options for that? Usually, like, will, uh, when I try an Andromeda, will I be just very oh, disappointed? It's gonna be hard <laughs> because I'm gonna put this way. So these are not generalizations; these are just based on my own features. So. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to there's no like standard type, but you do get like broad general ranges of uh, facial features and like just skull types with yeah uh, across you know East Asian people um, specifically because I'm only going to speak for myself really. And in my case, it's I've got a decent sized forehead. I don't have a very like pronounced brow, I've got a flat nose and a small chin, and those look horrible in most character creators because they don't take those facial types into account when they're building the skeleton of a character. Oh, when you have like a weird neck shape by comparison or something? Because a lot of the time is a lot of game character skeletons seem to be based around this idea that you have either a very, you know, traditionally, you know, in terms of Western white people, like, strong-jawed, like, long face, or, like, a round face, or a square face. Yeah, the face proportions look weird. So you just look like you've stretched, to go you've that. stretched a mask more over a character than anything else. It's really weird, and it's also the case where, hey, the Asian eyes, yeah, I, we tend to have smaller eyes in general, by comparison, but game designs, could you just start making them, like, creepy? You know, <laughs> like, I'm kind of curious that's it. about... That seems like a base-level consideration, is yeah, like, like, if someone tries to make someone that looks like themselves, will they look creepy? Yeah. And can we not do that? Yeah. I wanted to um, ask you, Jules, have you uh, played Shadowrun Hong Kong yet, or seen any of it? No, I've not actually. I've seen parts of it, but I've not gone around to playing it. I keep forgetting, honestly. I kind of curiously hear your opinion on the um, character portraits, mostly because the character models are very uh, low res by comparison. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's it's very much a old Infinity Engine style of like character creation. But that sometimes almost helps because, like, when you have such low res textures, a lot of your imagination fills the gaps. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I've just had a quick look. No, they fucking nail it. <laughs> they just did a quick Google search. They nail it. Because I don't know why a lot of game developers think this, is that they tend to 
have this assumption of Asian eyes being, oh, they're just like tiny. It's like, no, you just need to make them like slightly more oval or almond shaped. That's, they're not, they're not really slits. Please stop doing that. Shadowrun has a surprisingly positive history in general representation. They do make plenty of slip ups, but they're better than most RPG developers. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. But the Shadowrun also, from what I've seen, just has a good range because they don't just have, oh, here's Asian man and Asian woman. It's like, no, you can actually tell, like, you can always tell different ethnicities if you know facial types that well. Like, you can almost tell different... Because, yeah, if you look at people from different regions of China, we all look fucking different. <laughs> I remember being, what, 22 in Sacramento, and um, there's a fairly large Hmong community down there mm-hmm. and I remember someone teaching me like how to tell like a Hmong face in general or to have like more of a square jaw and that's kind of stuck with me since because yeah. I was young and came from extremely white communities so I was getting used <laughs> to like actually seeing people who aren't white but it's also the case where yeah it's just so it's so weird like the fact that I kind of look at these games and go what why is it hard to make an Asian face that's so weird to me like <laughs> I, I honestly think they don't they don't try hard or they don't have the time or whatever reason. Mm. It just it ends up in there being no effort in it. Because I know there has to be plenty of good like artists out there who do character models who probably want to do it justice and just aren't given the go ahead. They're like, oh, most our audience is going to be white. You don't need to focus on this that much. Yeah, they probably have like usage stats on that. It's like. It's like 85% of players choose this option on the skin tone slider. Yeah. It's really interesting though because like just for anyone curious that they go to like The Sims or like um, a Bethesda game pick what you think is roughly the Asian skin tone then go watch a cutscene from the Yakuza series or Sleeping Dogs and compare those skin tones. They're nothing alike. Yeah. They make no sense. (laughs) It's like if we made white characters in games, like, literally just the tone white. Yeah, like, if, if all white people were just vampires. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, we might be. Yeah, that's, that's a fairly half metaphor. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, not the, yeah, not the fun, sophisticated kind of vampire. Yeah, not, not the fun, Draculas. sexy vampires. We're not Draculas, we're Nosferatus. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you saying Nosferatu is not fun? Well, I, I, I guess, uh, I guess the uh, Vampire the Masquerade version of Nosferatu. I guess. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, uh, like, it's interesting also how my, like, even just selection of gender has changed with avatars. Because uh, back when I was starting out with character creation, um, which we're talking like Baldur's Gate 2, mm-hmm. uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, Jade Empire, it was always like white dude with like semi-long blonde hair, blue eyes, kind of like the, I'm making like, okay, the idealized version of how I see myself and I will be that character. And I think that that pretty much changed with, I believe it was the first Mass Effect. 
uh, is where I actually sort of broke that habit of just making like me idealize. And so I was like, okay, well, how about I try making other characters, which is where my penchant for, for doing like at least half or more of my playthroughs with a female avatar came from, I think. Uh, because like my femshep run became like my favorite one Mm -hmm. um but speaking of uh femshep i remember when mass effect 3 was coming out and they were having people vote on um which would be like the emblematic female shepherd Mm -hmm. and there was this really and they had like you know basically the same pose different skin tones different hairstyles and there was this one it was she had fairly dark skin. She had like a short, like butch hair. I'm like, she needs to be it. This needs to yep. be female shepherd. But nope, we got, of course, we got the white girl with red hair. And not even like naturally red hair, just like anime red hair. <laughs> I remember. I remember part of the backlash against that was like, like there, there's some, there was some understandable backlash against that. Mm. But one of them that was really like weird to me was like, she has too much makeup on. It's like, I don't. Oh Jesus Christ! I don't think that's the problem. You you will find that anyone who makes a complaint about makeup, for the most part, doesn't actually understand makeup. Mm-hmm. Like 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 the the issue some people said with that choice was like, oh, that femme shep looks too traditionally pretty for a soldier. It was like, way to miss the point, like really hard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially when you look at Dude Shep, he's like ridiculously handsome, and like yeah, trimmed, and... trimmed like fashionable facial hair and everything. And Yo, like, just I, right I also scruff. felt, I also felt a little awkward when people were like, "Oh, I can't believe that Shepherd won," because I looked at that Shepherd, and I was like, "That's pretty much my Shepherd, but with red hair, red hair instead of blonde." <laughs> for, for the record, <laughs> I feel bad. My Shepherd was white and had red hair before that contest. Okay. <laughs> like, because my first, because I played Male Shepherd the first time, and he ended up looking sort of like um, Daniel Craig of you know James Bond fame, yeah. only with uh, red hair instead of uh, blonde. And I can never I can, make that face again. It pisses me I off. I can never make a good-looking male character in Mass Effect, and I don't know why. I just can't do it. I have because a hard time with They all look. They, they look all terrible. look very homely in some kind of way. <laughs> Just imagining um, uh, running into like they, um, like they they all look like they they're like a good old boy down like a, from like Arkansas. a math teacher like I, I just imagine the scene of like Shepard walking in to meet Nihilus the first time Nihilus takes like a step back when Shepard enters the room <laughs> like what happened to you what <laughs> oh god I I remember the first Shepard I made like. For some reason, there was something weird with how the lighting affected how I thought their jawline looked. So when I pressed, all right, confirm, and when the first cutscene, I was like, oh my gosh, their jaw is so sunk, their cheeks are so sunken. What what have I created? We need to talk about how Bioware, especially Mass Effect, has no clue about the idea of lighting affecting character creation. Yeah. Because every Mass Effect game is like this dimly lit like sci-fi uh you know void and like okay everything's fine and then like you said you get into like just a well-lit room not even brightly lit, just well-lit it's like 
God, everything's terrible. Yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age Inquisition does that same fucking <laughs> yeah. thing. It is so frustrating. I don't know why, you, like... You, you know how at... when you're setting up, like, a, a tent on a camping trip? That's yeah. what my shepherd's jawline <laughs> looks like. <laughs> and then the, se the second you actually, like, lay down, it all just collapsed. Like, yeah. the thing is, you look at, you know, ostensibly good or, like, um, well-received character creators. You look at even just WoW or The Sims or, heck, even a Bethesda game... They put you in either a well-lit void or a well-lit, like, area that just yeah. effectively shows you, hey, here's what it's going to look like in general. Check this out. and They should or really like, give you FF some 14. light tools. Yeah. FF14, actually, like, it doesn't give you specific control of lights, but it does give you different, like, lighting scenarios. Like, it's got this sort yeah. of featureless, like, neutral void. It's got, mm -hmm. like... Meadow even in the daytime. It's, <laughs> even it's that's got, better like, lit. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty nice. Um, I don't know what and, it is uh, with Bioware. They don't understand character creation lighting. Like, it does feel like MMOs in general are better about giving you, if not better lighting scenarios, at the very least, like options for seeing different lighting scenarios. This is a good segue into what games are do this the best like what games give us yeah. the best avatar and i mean not just hair not just face but also clothing options because That's those lovely. are really yeah. important so i'm super i'm definitely advocate for ff14 yeah. um partly because they've actually been pretty dedicated to continually adding hairstyles in patches like, every three or four patches or so, it's like, here's a couple more hairstyles to where the list of that has actually gotten pretty extensive. And there's a lot of variety there. Yeah, my partner um, was showing me one of the hairstyles that she's currently rocking in-game. It's like, oh, I wish they had that when I was playing. Yeah. Um, and all, But also because, like, there's a lot of... Um, there's, like, a lot of uh, options for... Like, you've got a lot of options for makeup. You've got a lot of well, actually, I take that back. You don't have a lot of options for makeup, but the ones you do have are implemented really well that it's kind of hard to screw up, which I found when making female characters in other games, like, it's really easy to make, to choose makeup options that make your character look like they just slammed their face into a, into a door frame oh, or Sims, something. Yeah. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, that's my one criticism of FF14 is that you cannot make an ugly person. It is just really, really difficult. You're fighting against yeah. the game. Yeah, like the FF14 is very much set up to like you. Everyone is pretty all the time. Like you can't make a not pretty character. Um, though honestly, like if I had to pick my favorite, like Saints Row 4 might be pretty close. Three and four had the same. Uh face modeling system as well yeah also the saints row games have a lot of tattoo options which and i've good recently start options. yeah which i've re yeah like actually good tattoo options which i've recently started to appreciate a lot more they've also um, give you a good selection of shitty tattoo options as well yeah that's <laughs> the thing. like they understand they know what they're doing yeah. yep which, whereas like in a lot of other games i play like when i get to the tattoo options i'm like 
all of these are garbage. Like, yeah, there's well, not a single one of these that I'd actually, like, like to see on the yeah, character. Yeah, like, oh, cool, oh, cool, this tattoo looks great, I'm just gonna wear a shell necklace and Bermuda shorts and socks with flip-flops, and that'll, that'll look great, that'll go well with that tattoo. <laughs> actually, surprisingly, Tyranny had a good uh, tattoo system, as in, because they just give you, like, you know, basic tattoo choices. You don't get to customize beyond the color, you get, like, two tones mm -hmm. to pick from. But I liked, like, several of the options they give. It's like can really you even neat. see your can you even see your character in enough detail in tyranny? Yeah, you can. You can zoom in a bit. Huh. Um, there's some armors okay. where you reveal their sleeves. Uh, it by you know if you're playing a heavy armor character, especially, it, I mean some armor types you know bear a little more skin than others because it is kind of bronze ageish. Yeah. But I guess I assumed it. I guess I assumed it would look exactly like Pillars of Eternity, which I remember being like, yeah, there's some detail, but there's not a lot. It's kind of like Pillars of Eternity meeting uh, Borderlands, because there's like a sort of almost cel-shaded look to Tyranny. Okay. And I really like it. It's very vibrant. In fact, I recommend that game to everyone. I loved it. Played through it twice. And, you know, when I got it, I, I literally sat through and played it twice, once after the other. Um, But back to Saints Row, I think that uh, Saints Row uh, one and two actually did the clothing better because they had they let you layer clothing a lot more freely than they did in three and four because they changed the whole skeletal system and you know engine and everything. That is definitely uh, something I've heard about like Saints Row one and two, which I've never played. Like I, I actually tried to play Saints Row two, but like the something got screwed up on my PC and it oh. just wasn't working right. So I ended up like uninstalling it. So I kind of started at three, but yeah, I've, I've always heard that like Saints Row 2 had a shockingly robust clothing system. It also had a better story as well. That's because they were given time to finish it. <laughs> that, that, that'll help. Yeah, it generally helps. I, I think of Dragon Age 2 a lot <laughs> when it comes to I that I think of sort Halo of 2 a lot. Oh shit! They got they all got skunked. <laughs> uh, ha Halo Two. F oh, I no. This isn't the podcast to do this. I like Halo Two a lot. No. But man, man. Um. Speaking of clothes, that that is that is a that is an episode idea for another time. <laughs> oh, Dustin, you'll need two hours with me for Halo Two at least. Um. <laughs> I do want so, to hear about the your opinions and armor options because those are a pain in the ass to unlock. Okay, actually, I was going to uh, talk about clothing, but I'll get back to that. Armor options? Man, Halo Reach had some of the best armor options and the worst way to unlock them. Oh, no. Because the whole deal was that Halo Reach was Bungie Swansong, and the multiplayer uh, had some really cool tools and was the first time a Halo game still to this date lets you put your multiplayer character into the actual, like, campaign. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because um, the main character in that that you're playing is ostensibly a cipher. It, like, they're just the new team member. They don't even have a name. They just have a call sign. So you get to make your character a guy or a girl, and all the armor options are the same. There's different physiques, and the you know female physique is, like, idealized, let's just say. But it's not as egregious as it could be. But the fact that... You had to unlock these things through multiplayer games, and you had to earn a currency from them, um, and the fact that you had to be a certain rank to unlock certain items, 
got real frustrating real fast because it was the worst of all worlds in trying to unlock these things unless you were going for a, a look that meant you only had to play like five games of multiplayer before you could jump into the campaign with how you want your character to look. I'm glad we kind of evolved uh, past that in a lot of games where like they're no longer making character options like something special and pain ass to unlock. They make it more of a base part of the game. Yeah, because I get it for, hey, game changing things or like playstyle uh, changing things like weapons or loadouts or attachments, but I want a freaking robot arm. Don't make me have to play like 40 hours of Halo multiplayer before I play the campaign because I'm one of those weird people strangely invested in Halo lore. Like, is also really annoying because the very first shot of that game is your character's helmet in the ground. So you want that to look good and you want that to like stick out because it's supposed to be a very significant image in that game. And it's so annoying that as much as I like the multiplayer, I don't want to have to play several hours of it first to just make my character in the now campaign. The only, Un the only exception Unfortunately, Ubisoft is okay. still doing that whole like clothing, like cosmetic options locked behind doing yeah. stuff. Which the is something I time. noticed when I played the betas of both Steep and Wildlands. Oof. Now, if if a company goes to that system, the only things I want behind an unlock wall are the most gaudy pieces of armor possible. Things yeah. that are screaming <laughs> yeah. loud. Things that no one would wear <laughs> unless they wanted shit. to brag about an achievement. The funniest thing was the way, like... Halo usually kept some of either A, its coolest, or B, its gaudiest armor pieces were through either severely hard achievements or um, you had to pre-order games from certain outlets. Oh, Lord, oh, I hate that yeah. stuff. So, hey, if you're in Australia <sighs> and there's no GameStop here, but there's EB Games, but GameStop doesn't exist, you can't get the unicorn helmet for Halo 4. A unicorn helmet? Aww. Yeah, it literally has a unicorn, like, like you know, a, a you know, a space age, like, sci-fi helmet unicorn horn, but it's got a unicorn horn. That reminds me of when Mass Effect 2 came out, and they were doing that promotion with Dr. Pepper. And, like, <laughs> I, I legit that. bought a bunch of Dr. Pepper to get download codes for all the, like, cosmetic equipment. <laughs> I looked online and stole, um download codes that people were giving out just like yeah just enter in one of these codes eventually one of them will do it and that's how i oh, got yes. every every piece of uh, unlockable armor that way i also say i ran into the most like torturous and most taunting um like un like unlock wall in character creation and customization recently with destiny which was when um so if you have the taken king collector's edition you get a specific um, armor shader, which is basically like the color your armor looks, as well as some um, specific like class, um, like uh, artifacts, essentially trinkets that help with your stats and everything. And they also mm -hmm. have the highest rarity level. And I didn't have the Taken King collection, uh, well, the it collector's edition. I just had the regular editions. Like, okay, that's fine. I don't really care. I then went to visit friends in the U.S. and I was playing on their PS4 and. They happened to have it on that PS4, and because I was playing on my account on that PS4, I unlocked that stuff, and I was like, hey, that's really cool, that's awesome, and I got that stuff, and then I came back to Australia, loaded up Destiny, 
I still had all that stuff in my inventory. I still have it some equipped. But it's grayed out and doesn't contribute to my actual stats or appearance now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so, it's just sitting, so it just took up inventory space. But the funniest thing was I could still dismantle that and get the actual reagents from it. <laughs> so in, a, in essence, it was like, this is kind of fucked up that you are taunting me with things that are grayed out now just because I'm on a different PS4. But hey, at least I can destroy these things and get, like consumable items out of it, I guess? That's really weird. <laughs> so, this is some Faustian bargain, it sounds like. Yeah, board. essentially. <laughs> so I have a question for you, too. Um, something I do in MMOs is, uh, that I, I'm wondering if you do as well, but like when, I, when it comes time for me to choose like what class to play, oftentimes I will first look on Google to see what armors they get. Yep. Yeah. And I will make my that. decision based on who gets the n- nicest looking armor. Yep, that's me. Because <laughs> I totally just did that, actually, when I started up Elder Scrolls Online. Well, you can equip any like, armor. Because I was trying to decide, like, uh, between Dragon Knight and Templar. I'm like, the Templar looks like they get cooler armor. <laughs> you you get all, yeah, as far as I know, okay. you get all the same armor. There might be some specific like character set stuff for all i know but you could equip any light medium or heavy armor oh, yeah i will... it's 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 kind of why like i i've stuck with dragoon all this time for ff14 is because they get cool armor. like yeah dragoons get rad get armor. armor um i will say as someone who once reached the world of warcraft account limit for alts um, oh my god <laughs> I am that person who will play every class. I won't play them well. I won't raid with every class. God, no. I'm not like some Swiss army knife of a person. But I like variety. And I'll sometimes make doubles of classes because I have a character idea in my head and I want to make, instead of an orc shaman, a tauren shaman and stuff. And (laughs) it'll be the case where every new expansion, I will look at, you know... Leaked 3D models from the public test room builds of like, hey, what do the new armor sets look like for certain classes? And that will then determine which character I'm going to play because I don't have a main character. I don't think for at least two years I've had a main on WoW because it's just a cycle. It's a Rolodex I have of, like, my favorites. (laughs) The closest I got to recently was in Legion with the Demon Hunters because, for me, it was really funny that every, like, Demon Hunter top, uh, like, you know, just top clothing, like, shirt or tunic or, like, vest for a Demon Hunter immediately became either shirtless or a crop top. Yeah, Demon Hunters are the... Demon hunters are the horniest of classes. It was so funny when I then like equipped those looks on different classes. I was like, wait, that was a crop top on my demon hunter. Wait a second, are you okay? Especially because demon hunters have a character option that isn't a slider for physique or anything. It's just abs. 
it's just airbrushed abs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Holy yeah. shit. If it I ever is. play WoW again, I'm rolling Demon Hunter. I don't Demon care. Demon Hunter's anymore. actually a lot of... Demon Hunter's, I think, are the next step for even character creation in WoW, because aside from their own broken capabilities of double jumping and gliding and dashing yeah. forward in one move without any cooldown... Like, that's already a broken system, but the fact that they went, hey, you can have tattoos, you can have different, like, facial accessories, um, here's a wider variety of horns, and we're all applying this Also, the tattoos glow if you want them to. Yeah. Holy shit, that's, see, I quit WoW at a bad time. Like, I quit, um, during, um, Raphael Lich King, and then now I'm hearing, like, oh yeah, we rehauled the entire game, you know, it plays a lot better, the abilities make more sense, that's all, you know been like shimmy down also everything looks better <laughs> and there's more let shit me to tell do. you go it like i bought legion on launch because i was like you know what i've never really given wow a proper chance and like i've heard that legion is changing a lot of things so i'll give it a shot and man going from ff14 <laughs> like and their ability bar to wow's ability bar is like holy cow that's because <laughs> like in in, like this is a little bit off topic, but man, in FF14, my dragoon ability bar, like for frequently used abilities, uh, takes up like three rows of about eight slots each. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in WoW, it's like maybe ten to fourteen frequently used skills. Yeah, there's there's many reasons I don't enjoy FF14. I'm glad that they're considering uh, slimming down their abilities for the next also, X pack. Like it is, it is night and day the ability bloat. It's incredible. I just actually. suddenly remember my, one of my favorite avatar customization moments in any game. Uh, you were here for this, Dustin. The birth of my masterpiece, as I'll call it, my magnum opus, was at 3 a.m. when I was playing WoW with oh, my Demon I Hunter. This. And yeah, so Demon, Hunt, Demon Hunters get a default blindfold because, like, yeah. as part of their character creation, because that's part of their whole lore deal. And yeah. so, like, that doesn't count as a clothing item or armor accessory. It's just there all the time. And then I was like, well, I've got this cool hood, which looks great. But I was like, wait, I've also got a sick eye patch model. Can oh, no. I apply an eye patch to my blindfold? And yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. you can. I remember that moment. It was real good. <laughs> There's even a thing, like, just... It, it's a blind patch. It's so ridiculous because demon hunters, in terms of lore, have literally blinded themselves to give themselves demonic vision, and that's why they wear the blindfold and everything. And then I just stuck, a, like, a brown leather eye patch on it. Well, yeah, because you gotta look badass. Yeah, no, totally. It's great. <laughs> and and what is more badass than both a blindfold and I, a, an eye patch I at remember, the same time? Like when you and I were showing that to people, the response was either "Oh my god, that's awesome," or "Why? <laughs> Why would yeah, you do that?" Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of want to make a uh, Draenei demon hunter now, just to see how many horns. Oh no, I can you can have. only keep it to the elf, the elf races. So oh, really? That's the one limitation to that uh, class, is that it's either Blood Elves or Night Elves. Which, oh, again, makes sense like in terms of lore, elves. but come on, yeah. wow. Like, come on. <laughs> they don't want the known Demon my... Hunters, which is a shame, because that would be great. 
<laughs> one of my favorite games though for clothing options and it it's a little frustrating because i don't actually like it as a game is guild wars 2 yep um and like the reason i really like guild wars 2 is because i feel like they do cloth armor classes better than almost anyone else yeah um especially for like the female spell casters Mm -hmm. um because like one of the reasons I, at least these days, that I like to primarily use female characters in MMOs is because, like, it's a way for me to do something I can't really do in real life, uh, uh, which is try on very, very frilly clothes. Yeah, just stylish feminine clothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and my Elementalist especially is was extremely good for that. Oh, um, yeah, I bet. Just extremely fancy, uh, <laughs> very cute, um, very elegant at times. It's that's actually kind of like an important thing to me um, is being able to have clothes that just like look really nice, and I can have my character try on and and just like it's almost like playing playing with aesthetics. It's like okay like exploring the exploring the game universe to find out like what do i like exactly what are my preferences like what am i into i think a dark horse canada which has come over like the past few years in terms of clothing options which like cover just range of clothing style of clothing um ability to experiment and stuff across you know uh you know essentially in, in a binary sense both genders is pokemon Yes. That's, it's so weird, but exciting and refreshing to me that, man, I can make an actual really cool girl trainer now that looks like me. How was Sun and Moon in that regard? Because, Pretty like, good. I remember, uh, well, because I, I haven't gotten very far in it. I played, and I remember playing XY and was like, this is good. It shows promise, but it's not quite as robust as I'd like, to, like it to be. The thing, the only restriction I see mostly is in, is twofold. One, uh, it's the same thing with X and Y in that they were keeping it to a very, you know, uh, nouveau Paris uh, chic. Because that was their yeah. whole setting. They're keeping, they kept the theme with this because it's Hawaii, essentially, so a lot of the clothing is tropical in nature. It's short skirts, shorts, um, you know, the jeans are mostly ripped, there's tank tops, mostly in t-shirts. There's not really, like, cool jackets or coats you can wear, because it's Hawaii, but... Ah, uh, yes, Pokemon Margaritaville. <laughs> God. <laughs> Poke drinks. Um, but the th- the other thing is that, so, in Sun and Moon, it's not necessarily hard to get money. Uh, the problem is that you don't get a lot of money from trainers when you beat them. You now get more money from, like, doing little side objectives that are, frankly, hard to miss. Uh, if you just talk to, like, the people in the poker center, you will get these objectives like, hey, catch me a Drifloon. And it's like, well, okay. And you come back and they go, thanks, here's 10 grand. It's like, whoa, cool, lady. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but then, and you go, oh, I've got a respectable amount of money. And you, like, you know, freaking potions and everything, they still don't cost that much. The economy has stayed the same in that regard. And Pokemon's like, That's cool. I'm spending, like, a pittance every poker battle or every gym battle. That's easy. You then go to a clothing shop and it's like, hey, it's 15 grand for a pair of ripped jeans. Ah, so just like real life. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, 
man, this is a little too real, you know, true to life, Game Freak. Just ease it up a bit, but it's nice that I yeah, can put- just make outside of The Sims, like, essentially a fantasy character who has my hair, who is my style, like, you know, tank tops and shorts with leggings and sneakers. Yeah, like, Pokemon actually does have a surprisingly good sort of, like, modern clothing I will option. S- I will say, though, just briefly going back to skin tone, the really weird thing they still do is that... So... With skin tone in Pokemon now and uh, Sun and Moon, hey, it was really cool that they brought they brought it back, and you can actually have a dark skin character and a black character. That's awesome. Um, the weird thing is that there's still no middle ground. There is like essentially a darker skin tone, which I use just because I don't want to be white. But then I also remember, right, Japan's own like aesthetics and standards of beauty kind of mean that this sensibly white skin tone is supposed to be is the Asian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's it's like, it's like, it's like when you go, it's like when you get like the sort of more ignorant anime fans in the West who are going like, well, Nart, like, Oh, the people in Naruto and final fantasy are all white people. It's like, (laughs) no, not really. They're not. That's just... That's just how Asians draw... That's just how Japanese people draw themselves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like... It was a weird thing of me going... I I will be tanned in this game because that's how I see myself in this universe. Because otherwise, I'm going to be as white as, you know, Lily, the super blonde, fancy, blue-eyed white girl. I was like, I'm not that. That's not me. Yeah, I was going to bring that up (laughs) earlier. When you have, like a game where you see clearly like asian like aimed like face models but the best skin tone you can get is like pasty white you know ambiguously pasty white so you're like if i cross my eyes it looks a little (laughs) not straight white (laughs) i actually find that uh, i sometimes enjoy going for like the extreme white option where it's like where it's like hi i'm porcelain now hi i'm glowing i know um, you could be like the but, uh, old man JC Denton. I, I I do like how in anime, since like because like when they have an American show up in an anime, because the skin tone is basically the same, they instead represent it. But like, especially if it's like a dude, it's like square jaw, yep. blonde hair, <laughs> blue eyes, or a cowboy looks like hat. fucking cap, just straight up looks like Captain America. Yep, I mean it's the only way. <laughs> So, yeah. Or, or they weirdly make them look like just tanned. Yeah. That's the weirder thing when I find in in some anime and like some. Uh, yeah, they, they've they've got games. like the, they've got like the spray on tan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. Uh. I'm trying yeah, to think like other I've... games that do a good job of like. I don't know, like. I'll say, as much as I have praised WoW for like some of the fantasy race options, there are plenty of times they have just bulked that up, to put it nicely. <laughs> Especially with the female characters. Oh, are you talking about World of Warcraft again? Sorry. Yeah, I'm specifically yeah. talking about Worgen women. I, a lot of the female characters about the in WoW are pretty, like, what you'd call waifish. 
So essentially, um, they're just fem- like and, human female models sized up or sized down with a few attachments yeah. added. And and while I personally like am a fan of like the whole sort of uh, re- mo- moderately tall, thin character, like the sort of traditional uh, uh, femme character style, like. I also don't think every single model should be catering exactly to my taste. Do you know what game lets you make a fat <laughs> like, character? Like, wow, very much is bad about that. Yeah. Dustin, ESO, did yeah. you notice that you have a slider to give yourself like a proper like belly and stuff? That's I did cool. notice that. Yes, there is a like stomach slider. Um, I, I they use uh, the actually ESO actually uses a very similar sort of triangle slider design as Saints Row does. Mm-hmm. I think that, Which that's, I was that's pleased a, to see. Yeah, that's a good route to go because, especially, there's not enough ways to make just like a chubby character. Like I haven't like fully like committed to making a chubby character. I made a couple. I made an orc lady who was who had some extra weight on her, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll actually try to see where I can go with the sliders later. See what I can make. Get some screenshots. And it's always or annoying. To me, when the conceit given is that, oh, well, you're playing, you know, these action fantasy sci-fi games. Your character's supposed to be super fit and stuff. And I think, like, I know some really fit people who like, happen to be fat or chubby, and they could like, easily be in you a fight. Seen, have you seen the WWE roster? Or not, like... even, not even that. Look, like, I've seen people who weigh three times as much as I do, and a lot of it is in the belly. And, man, they can pull some hella yoga poses and acrobatic moves like oh yeah but even still like i just think of like kevin owens right and that dude has what you'd probably and that dude has like what you'd usually describe as like a beer gut but he could destroy me like whenever he wanted to you know what's nice as well about having oscar in wwe is the fact that she's not like a super ripped or skinny lady yeah she's like She's not, like, big necessarily either, not even chubby, but she has, like, a belly to some extent, like. She is what, she is, she is the lady they're singing about when they're talking about Brick House. Right, yeah, like, like she's, she's got my body type, which I was like, hell fucking yes. <laughs> because that's you know, actually there's... been a, yeah, sorry, you got sorry. Melissa? Well, there's this World War II study that went on, um. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a bunch of uh, people who, you know, didn't have the proper body type, you know, according to military standards, to uh, be soldiers. So they volunteered to engage in what would nowadays be considered an ethically challenged uh, nutrition study where you successfully starved a lot of these people. And what they discovered is that some folk, no matter how much you starve them, they still look fat. They still, like, have, like, weight. And what yeah. the um, and what the uh, person in charge of study concluded was that a good portion of how we look of that weight we carry is just genetic. Yeah. And so no matter how fit you are, like you're, you're still good. You know, if you're someone who's just has a tendency to be like, you know, more weighty, you're going to keep that. And that busts that whole idea of there's only a certain fit look like just completely to bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's actually been interesting. Uh, like how, I have created characters even over the past, say, like, three years. Um, because when I first started making female characters and such, I, you know, wanted to be feminine to some extent. Like, traditionally feminine, I should say. And so I delved into, you know, FF14 for that reason. I made, you know, 
a cat girl because it's FF14. Yep. It's a rite mm-hmm. of passage. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. yeah, it's a rite of passage for most trans women. Um <laughs> So <laughs> like I was like, this is awesome, this is fun, this is cool. And then I I didn't it didn't necessarily have a negative impact on me. It, it was it played as much a part as anything else in society telling me that hey you got to be like super skinny and have these measurements to look feminine it's like cool and you know I'm not I'm not big I'm not fat I'm not chubby whatsoever um I have a little bit of weight but I am fairly active heck after this I'm actually going to my regular boxing class <laughs> but uh. Yeah, a lot of it was, especially going to training and stuff after, you know, delving into more traditionally feminine character creators and avatars, was that I didn't really want to put on muscle. I didn't, I was scared of getting fit, because I was scared of, like, looking more masculine, which is also just par for the course for, you know, trying to pass as a woman being trans and all, Uh, especially early on before I was taking hormones and everything. Yet now I've slowly gone more the route of just owning it and just going, no, you know what? I've got, I've got guns. I've got like a body shape that indicates, yeah, like I said, similar to Oscar's. Like, not, I'm not a fucking tank like Oscar, but I definitely have a stocky build. Um, so yeah, it's actually been the case where I've found a lot more resonance with characters in, say, you know, for example, traditional fantasy game, like, orc women. Like, yes. that's yeah. super my aesthetic of just, like, heck yes, like, just be, like, brutally beautiful. <laughs> as, I had to go for... In FF14, uh, that's what the Rogadin are for. Yeah, but... exactly, so if <laughs> I go back to that game, that's what I'm gonna be. It's also been especially nice as well, because I now have a partner who is very appreciative of the fact that I'm a buff girl. Yeah. Yeah. That, help, I, that goes um, a long way. <laughs> I went through a similar <sighs> process, because I'm very broad-shouldered. Like, mm-hmm. I had a um, partner for a few years. She had, like, double D breasts, and she and I wore the same um, size, like, shirts and you know, tops and dresses but only like where she had boobs i had shoulders yeah that i've been there yeah um and after a while like i started to learn just how to own it now like when now i'm making a lot of female characters i tend to make them more broad shoulder I tend to give them like thinner lips like you know more of a um more of an unsightly nose quote unquote you know larger more pronounced nose just give, give them features that are similar to me and then make them look a little more butch than i am in real life I think it's also been the case for me uh, with me being Chinese that I don't fit the standard like Chinese beauty look whatsoever. Um, so it was me to, like learning to own certain attributes of mine that you know, are actually quite common in Chinese facial structure and body types but aren't shown in the media a lot. So I was like, you know what? I like my flat nose. I like my round cheeks. I'm willing to accept those now. And... I like the fact that, you know, I can just own wearing a sleeveless, like, just top now these days and just be fine with that. Especially, like, just seeing more of those options creep into character creators, I want more, but there's enough sometimes for the most part. It's just having the option. That's always the thing I think that's important. Just giving people the option, like, 
because sometimes I don't want to be that. It's more like, hey, I just want to either make an idealized version of myself by, you know, regular beauty standards, or sometimes I just want to make a completely different character that's not me or not that. Yeah. Well, when you're when you're mentioning the um, demon hunters, like female demon hunters wearing a crop top and having abs, the funny thing is that that's essentially what my Saints Row characters have become. Like I look for a good <laughs> a good crop top and I give them muscles and they look hella tough, and yeah. that's actually become my real life body goals as well. I've done more upper body workout post transition than I ever did in my entire life, and I'm trying to get like actually more you know muscular, more toned because. I'm very, very attracted to stronger-looking women, so mm-hmm. why not emulate what I'm attracted to? I think also what... This isn't necessarily tied to characters, but what also helped me with that and determining what I then started creating character creators was weirdly actually getting really attached to the character of Joseph Joestar from Jojo's jo- Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I, need, because, I need to watch that show still. Just because I, like... I like that character a lot, and I, it's not that I see myself in that character, I just like them a lot, but it's the fact that they wear an outfit which is jeans, boots, a green crop top, and a green scarf, and I was like, heck yes, I like that outfit. And then I accidentally made it, because I like I bought a green crop top like a little while ago, I was like, this is cool, and then my sister gave me a green scarf for Chris, I was like, hey, that's awesome, <laughs> and then I was like, wait a second... <laughs> and that's when you realized that you were the JoJo all yeah. along. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. This outfit makes no sense, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I that that is one thing I actually really appreciate about um Araki's fashion design in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is kind of uh, kind of off the video game topic, but like he he tends to give his characters, like, his male characters, very femme clothing. It also helps that he does, his reference images for a lot of the male posing that show come from female models. Yeah. Which, like, it, goes it, a long way <laughs> to, like... It's a... Sorry, it, it, it's also something something I've just appreciated in general about Final Fantasy design, mm-hmm. which kind of, like, gets into FF14, is that, like, they they're very much okay with, like, the soft boy aesthetic. Oh, God, yes. Bless <laughs> very that. very good. Bless that. Um, yeah. Also, Whereas, like, you, you, yeah. there aren't a lot of games that support that, but, like, Final Fantasy will. I'll also say as well, what's been nice for me is that, um, I don't want, I don't need this in every game, but the fact that they have it in Sims 4, which is a game essentially about, you know, daily life, it's, it's you playing with your dollhouse, um, is that Sims 4 has some of the best gender options I've seen in any game, because of the fact that they introduced this, I think fairly recently last year, when they made it so that, uh, no, you have the binary gender choice of, like, male, female, but then from there on you can go, does your character, no matter what choice you made there, have a masculine gait, a feminine gait, do they have, um, a masculine feminine voice? Do they have a masculine feminine body type? And even the option of, again, no matter which of those two choices you pick, you can still, from a drop-down tab, just go, hey, can this character A, get people pregnant, B, become pregnant, or C, neither? And then later on, can this character A, pee standing up, B, 
piece sitting down would see both. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I so saw that cool. list. I was, I was very impressed, and honestly, like, Sims was not the place I thought I'd see that first. I yeah. mean, yeah, Sims has always been the case where they've always... I'm not going to say, like, a bastion necessarily of progressiveness, but in terms of just general video game design, they've pushed some boundaries further than other people would expect, like, both video games to go. And this was another nice, like, step in the right direction of, hey, maybe it's... Sometimes just reaffirming when you see, like, my idealized version of myself in this game in this freaking dollhouse I bit like just going to the bathroom standing up and going heck yeah that's what I do sometimes when I'm really lazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like okay awesome Uh. heck yes this is great and and yeah it's also nice that you know before when I was experimenting with my identity and like wanting to put you know, ostensibly a female version of myself into The Sims before it was a case of, man, it's kind of, like, I've never wanted to give birth necessarily or be pregnant, but it's kind of slightly triggering my dysphoria that my female character can, like, only get pregnant. Like... Yeah, that's a really good point. I haven't thought of that before. And so now it's a case of, like, I don't have to worry about that because, oh, it's just, like, something I already deal with on a regular basis and... That's fine. Because sometimes only having the option of fantasy can really mess with my own perception of reality and myself. Sunless Sea does a more, um, like, more abstract version of what you just described for terms of pregnancy. As in, um, you don't choose your character's gender, you just choose how they're going to be addressed. And then. And then there's a um, plot line where you can like have a relationship with the, with a likely lass or a um, I can't remember the name of the gentleman because I always went with the likely lass, but you can um, choose like at some point during your line like hey like you know the baby storyline it's like you know you know w- w- like how 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 did your uh, scion come to being you know did you give birth did your partner give birth to them. And this is regardless yeah. of who you're who you're uh, with. If you're if, if like the lad, for example, he can get pregnant apparently, mm-hmm. um, or he can choose to do neither and have like have it be adopted. Oh, cool. I think was also is important, uh, especially this ties back to um, the ways a creator like Araki designs male characters and presents them. Man, male clothing options are just garbage in most games that ha- let you make an yeah. avatar. Like, I yeah, they really they're very boring. Just I like know, real life like, for the most part. Which is a shame because, man, if you just like know what you want and shop in the right places, it's not hard in real life to actually put together like a more elaborate or you know more varied wardrobe as a guy or someone presenting you know, more masculine than feminine. How many men are even like taught that they can a do that? Yeah. And, and even if they can sit, sit the fact that they can do that, how many of them are taught that it's okay to do that? Like I, I know for a fact I was never like taught how to do fashion. It's really so, like I, yeah. I don't know what to look for. I don't know how to put outfits together. Like I just don't have those skills in my in my repertoire. It's sad when you see like just interviews with guys these days like especially young men of just like hey what do you wish you could do like that girls are either taught to do or encouraged to do and they're just like man i want to wear leggings they look really comfortable oh like, they are 
I want to wear shorts that go above the knee because men, shorts that go to the knee or below make no oh, sense for suck. the weather they need, they're needed for. Like, they make no yeah, fucking sense. Yeah, they really suck. Um, and yeah, for, like, I know my partner, he is a cis guy and everything, but he still plays a lot of female characters because he just goes, man, fucking hair and clothing options are way better and way more varied and you can make more interesting looking characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just... Yeah, like, because of the gender norms, we just get, we don't have those options, generally. Yeah. <laughs> like... But yeah, um, it is, we are a little over an hour now, so I know you two have things you need to be doing on today, Valentine's Day, which, oh, it's go, Valentine's me Day for a- <laughs> go me for accidentally picking the best day to record a podcast. I have several people to give Valentine's Day wishes to. <laughs> uh... But yeah, do you have any closing thoughts on avatars? Gosh, I wish we got more into the whole gender experimentation because we only really just touched on it. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe I'll do a um, second part of this podcast that is more about that mm. um, because that's honestly like one of the reasons why I wanted to make a podcast about avatars was to talk about gender experimentation. So we'll, I might schedule a second recording session for that. Well, I, not might. I will sec- schedule a second recording session for uh, that. You should have kept our audience in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's then... not that. It's not that kind of page turner podcast. <laughs> but what if the next thrilling chapter? <laughs> yeah, this is where roundabout plays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so I think this was a. Uh, I really enjoyed this discussion. Um, that was a. Uh, sort of centered on like the systems at play in avatar creation. Um, I think we had a pretty thorough discussion about that. We'll get into the more um, like emotional and cultural importance of avatars in the next recording. Uh, Thank you for joining me, Melissa and Jules. No No problem. problem. Happy to be here. Uh, Where can people follow you if you want people to follow you? (laughs) Uh, I currently don't have one of those. I'm staying pretty uh, silent for the ne- for a little while, for another month or two. That's fair, Jules. Um, conversely, I'm everywhere. Uh, I've, I just, I just realized I'm how much, how many places I am actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GatsbyLow. Uh, I tweet like everything. That's just like. That's like my diary that's open to the public, essentially. Um, you can also find me on Audio Entropy, uh, specifically the shows, uh, the Digital Moncast, which is a Digimon rewatch show. Uh, that's that's my that's our own personal shit show. I love it. It's terrible, but I love it. Uh, you can also find me on Transmission Radio, which similarless we have, I guess, more focused discussions on the variety of topics regarding being a young trans woman in this day and age and yeah you can hopefully by the time this comes out you'll have seen uh some video projects i am trying to work on uh for video entropy audio entropy's twitch.tv uh page so keep an eye out for that 
I'm kind of notorious for having a somewhat long turnaround times on podcast editing, so it will probably be out by the time <laughs> I get this ready. Well, we'll see if I can get uh, webcams and, like, you know, scheduling ready and such. Would it be mean for me to say that, you know, I can be reached for you, Dustin? <laughs> <laughs> if you have something you're just no. dying to tell me... Yeah, no, no yeah, that's you accurate. pass on to like, me, if... I'll pass on to Melissa. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, it, I'm it, afraid it... of the uh, internet a whole. It's a scary place. No. Yeah, it, no, that's fair. It's gone to the point where my, my boyfriend has regularly joked that I'm the podcast magnet of the couple. I'm. <laughs> yeah, so. Podcast it, it, yeah, that's, that's fair. If you want to send <laughs> Melissa specifically uh, a comment or question, um, feel free to either. Uh, tweet at Jules or tweet at me uh, at Stilts the GM, um, uh, and you can also find me doing my anime podcast called VakaCast over at uh, ProjectHari.net uh, if you want to listen to that garbage fire. Um, but yeah, I believe that'll be it for this part of uh, the Avatar discussion. Uh, we will see you next time on Skies of Academia. Uh, and I just realized I haven't come up with an outro phrase yet. I probably should have thought of that. No, you, you're before. like you're, you're like ev- almost every audio entropy show. Don't worry, you'll fit right. It's you're fine. fitting right in. It's fine. I'll I'll figure something. It it took me like three years before I had a consistent outro for Bakacast, so it's just par for the course. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. All right, bye, lovelies. Intro music for this episode comes from Blue Dot Sessions and their track, Shift of Currents. The outro music was taken from Final Fantasy XIV. Skies of Academia is a proud member of Audio Entropy, the home for a variety of amateur podcasts including All Along the Watchtower, Inside the Master's Studio, and War and Beast. You can find all these shows and more at www.audioentropy.com. Audio Entropy, talking about what we love, with who we love till the end of time.